Hi, it's Lori from Hike. My guest today is Corey Strathmeyer from the Space Between blog. We are going to talk about hiking, finding healing in nature. We're going to talk about stewardship, creating a park conservancy, and inspiring other hikers to give back and be part of the trail community. And as for me, I'm actually out of the studio this week. I am in Georgia enjoying the sunshine and some very warm weather, a lot different from the Pacific Northwest. But for now, let's get to it. Here's my interview with Corey Strathmeyer. Corey, nice to have you here. Uh, please introduce yourself to the listeners. Well, thank you so much for having me on for a conversation. Um, my name is Corey Strathmeyer, and I am in Pennsylvania. So for those of you who are hikers, that's Rocksylvania to you. Uh, and um, I am an avid hiker, and I've been so uh, been an avid hiker, I would say, since 2015, although hiking is this common thread throughout my life. Interesting. Pennsylvania. Um, it's so are you closer to the AT when you say Rocksylvania? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We are um so we're in South Central Pennsylvania and I can get to various sections of the AT within maybe 40 minutes to an hour. So we've hiked through PA many times. That's wonderful. Um, you know, when I've driven through Pennsylvania and I've spent a little bit of time there, it's just it's so green. You yeah, know, you see the rolling, you know, hills and everything. It's beautiful. It really is lovely. And it's funny growing up, I, I wanted to move away. And many times in my life, I wanted to move out west to the big mountains. And yet it is just such a wonderful place. I ended up coming back. So and you talked about uh, really starting to get into hiking in 2015, which kind of mirrors myself. So it's interesting to hear that. Um, but tell me, you know, you said it carried a thread, you know, through through your life, but tell me what prompted uh, you to start in 2015. What was going on in your life that, that gave you, you know, that, I guess, inspiration or hiking called to you? Mm. Uh, the truth is I was sick. Um, I had, I had a cancer diagnosis and um, we had used, hiking was just always um just a place of family and fun and relationships. And I had gone through a bunch of treatments and um, my family, I have four, well, they're adults now. I have four children and, uh, and my husband, we've been married for 35 years. And um, so after a, a big break in my treatment, we went out West to Colorado and um, we were out there for a few weeks and I realized how much peace and um, how much I loved it. And, uh, you know, I've hiked various times throughout my life. And so at that point, I used hiking to um, feel in control. I can say this so clearly now looking back, but at that time, um I wanted it to be this physical challenge and I wanted to hike through PA and we were going to do all these miles. And, you know, even when I was running on empty, it didn't matter. Every weekend we were out there, my husband would do whatever, whatever to, to help support me. And, um, 
And then later it became a place of healing. So initially it was a place of, I was running away. I was trying to be in control. I could do this. I'm fit enough. I'm not sick. And, um, and then it became this place of solace and healing. And, and then it morphed, it just morphed into other things. And, and when I say that it's that common thread, I just was kind of jotting things down about where hiking was in my life. And, um, I just see this commonality and I'll, I'll explain further. So as a child hiking in Pennsylvania, my grandparents had a cabin in Michaud state forest. My husband's family has a farm up in that area as well. And, uh, it's only like a 40 minute drive from where we live, but my fond memories are hiking with my dad. And I have siblings, and but it was usually just my dad and I. So that's relational. I, I have this memory of these fond times with him. And then in college, ironically, I went to college around that area. And um, so I was a bio major. And one of my classes, we, we had to take a plant science. And I took um, field study of plants. And gosh, we started hiking because we had to go hike and find specimens. And the next thing I know, I'm on the Pennsylvania Appalachian Trail. And then I'm in Gatlinburg, Tennessee with this class doing wildflower pilgrimages. And, you know, so it was a whole different piece. It was this education. I was learning. I was seeing places that I'd never seen before. And, uh, and then after marriage, our young kids, then it was this intentionality of, oh, we're going to take our kids hiking. We're going to be outside. Even if it's a half a mile hike, we're going to walk on a trail. We're going to look at the pine cones. We're going to climb over rocks. And um, it became a way of, I think, raising our children um, to be respectful of nature, to, to be able to walk away from the stuff in life, you know, the world um, to be able to turn to each other in, in nature and have that, have relationships to have the confidence to be able to hike alone. Like there's just so many, there's so many elements of hiking beyond taking steps on the trail. And then, um, as our kids were older in middle school, high school, and even college, they're athletes, they're artists, they're, you know, very involved in all of their own, activities and we're there supporting them, but it took a lot of time away from the trail. So our family vacations were always big, two or three weeks. And there was always hiking, you know, we're hiking on Mount Rainier, we're hiking to Havasu, we're like all of these big trips that were just milestones. But the the two constant elements were being outside and that relationship piece. You know, just even if it was like a relationship kind of with yourself, which I mm -hmm. think is where I had that big aha after I'd healed from my cancer that, oh, I have to be okay with myself. So that's a relationship. Yeah. That's what, you know, as I was listening to you, I was thinking about, you know, it was kind of um, all throughout your life kind of centered on also something else, like whether it was school or or others in your family, or, you know, your father, you know, uh, your kids. Um, but, you know, you said when you realized 
you know, you, you were using it to heal. It was then also about you and just kind of understanding how nature, you know, can heal you and impact you and, and, you know, building, I guess, upon that relationship um, with the outdoors. Yeah. And I think with that, um, that, that's also, that is a mental health piece, Mm -hmm. right? Like I, I always thought of hiking as physical, because it is physical, yes. but, and, and I'm very, I'm very competitive. My family is very athletic and, you know, so there's always been those physical goals, but I didn't realize that mental and spiritual piece until I would say probably 2017 is when I really started to, so it, it took a while. Like I was still pounding the miles and, um, you know, there are other things that happened with this, um, more time alone with my husband, with our dogs, the travel aspect, the driving to where we're, we're going, the conversation the, you know, there's just, there's a lot of growth. Um, I hadn't really thought about that. There's just a lot of growth with hiking mm-hmm. on so many different, on a lot of levels, but eventually, um, I realized I was hiking because I enjoyed it, which is always like a really great, like, I just love it. I want to be out there and uh, I want to do more. And, and I think um, then, then at that point is when you want to start sharing with other people, you meet other hikers, uh, you know, that's, it's so great having the AT not far from my home, but um, we've hiked about half of it. Uh, we put a pause on that during COVID and then started to do a lot of other uh, projects. I am very project oriented, so that's never going to change. <laughs> that's who I am. Um, but having, you know, the conversations with the hikers and then that transforming into other relationships where having conversations with people in the towns, you know, we've gotten to know restaurant owners um, in little towns because, of going there several weekends in a row to hike. And it's just kind of a, it's very fun. It's very enjoyable. Um, And I hike because I'm a hiker. Does that sound really corny? It's not (laughs) why I used to hike, but that's why I now hike. Um, But then there's this change too in the non-hiking time. I'm still doing things somehow toward hiking. So what I mean by that is, or that um, is a result of hiking is I've joined a bunch of hiking clubs and I'm not active in all of them, but I donate to all of them because they're supporting the trails that I'm enjoying. And then some of them I do trail maintenance with and, um, and then that just has expanded um so my my career is in public health and Mm -hmm. there there are some really important focus areas with public health one's education one's awareness um there's sustainability in whatever you're trying to do so it could be that's policies or environmental changes and so forth so one big thing is kind of like where two worlds collided for the for a good for a good thing 
is in 2008, because of my public health work, I was working on park renovations in my area. And at that time, we were just doing like one park and then the next year, another park. Well, how do you make that sustainable? You create a park conservancy. And so, you know, here's where this hiking outdoor love and my public health work then collided. And so five years ago, during all of the the aftermath of cancer, um, I worked with a bunch of people. We started a $2.3 million park conservancy in our area that will sustain parks for people forever. You know, so would I have done that on the public health end? Probably. But would I have had the same passion level? I don't think so. I think that my personal love of being outside fuels that. Um, and so that, that's that been a big change, I think, in my personal life. And then, you know, having like starting a conservancy, um, you know, as I hear that, I mean, it's something that, oh, I, you know, it's so it's such a cause that I would love to be able to do something like that, but it seems so over like out of reach or just like, how do people even start, you know, kind of getting, you know, that together. So, um, you know, for the listeners, just, you know, explain like, how did all those pieces come together and, and, you know, for people who don't have a clue like me, like, mm-hmm. how, how does that happen? So we, um, we pulled together just a, a, a lot of passionate people that had the ability to help us make this happen. So uh, the director of public works and um, we had the mayor involved. We went to our, our local community foundation. We connected with um, some key stakeholders. Uh, in other words, people that had funding. <laughs> For those <laughs> yes. of you who don't know what that means, um, the anonymous donors of your community. And we uh, did our research and met with park conservancies across the country. We looked at Pittsburgh, and um, fortunately, you know, many of us had connections in different cities. And so we just started to look at what are what are these cities doing? York is not nearly as big as Pittsburgh, um, but what nuggets could we take from that? And what would be realistic? How can we make this happen? And um, just had a lot of meetings and a, a lot of meetings of the mind. But um, I'm also not one to re- to reinvent the wheel. So if someone's doing that well, you can look at it take that model and adapt it to what, what you have, because, you know, what's happening in Pennsylvania, uh, munis- like if you're in a city or municipality or something, you have different government groups that you need to connect with. So having a countywide for us would be a, a much different project because we have 72 municipalities. That's a lot of local government to navigate. So um, just looking at that as well, uh, I'm happy to share to share what we've done. Um, And we did then capital campaign to raise money. Um, And, you know, now we're 
actually I'm coming up on the my final term. I'm vice chair and I just can't hardly believe it because it was such a long uh, dream. But um, now we're funding projects and we're the gap closers is what we refer to us or the starters. But if someone like a local group wants to do some type of a park renovation project, you know, we're encouraging them to come up with some of the money, whether it be through a state grant or, you know, they've done a fundraiser. And then we can be the the group that closes the gap and helps them and guides them through that. But um, it's so rewarding. These parks are going to be around forever. And um, they were already going to be around, but they were going to be the financial um Actually, I'm going to use the word burden on the city. And when you have those challenges, then then the parks will remain, but maybe the won't they won't remain in the uh, the way they should. You know, they're not going to be cared for. Yeah, that's a very yeah a very uh, good way to put it because <laughs> just that's the case. And a lot of, you know, whether it's a major city or a, you know, medium-sized city or just a small community, um, you know, where does funding get cut first? Um, in the parks and recreation area, you know, that's, that's true. So, um, you know, I think for people like me and the listeners and, you know, other hikers, you know, we're using these parks, you know, whether you're trail running or, you know, taking your dog for a walk or your family, whoever, you know, whatever stage of life you're in. Um, but a lot of times we don't always think about what it takes to take care of them mm-hmm. and the impact we make. And then how we also have, you know, this responsibility and, you know, to also give back in some way, whether it's, you know, time, you know, resources, um, energy, you know, any of those things. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you're really touching on that steward stewardship aspect. Um, you know, so, you know, you had that shift in your life that, that did that, but, you know, when you're on the trail, when you're talking, you know, to the restaurant owners or, uh, the other hikers, um, how are you sharing that message with them? I, I do share the message just, um, and again, that's that, that's that awareness. Uh, there are a lot of restaurant owners that they're like, yeah, they're, oh yeah, we know there's a trail that I've never even been on it. Um, I think the conversation can be everything. It, it can be big and it can be small. It could just be a little thing about leave no trace. And, you know, you catch up with people at a, let's say they are hikers at the trailhead and I happen to be carrying a bunch of orange peels that I just picked up. And, you know, it's this casual conversation of, oh, gosh, yeah, I just picked these up because, well, they're not going to break down here in Pennsylvania because we don't grow oranges here. Yeah, just but I try to do it really gently. But like there's that conversation piece of, well, what is leave no tra- trace? Um, my my um, so I, we talk about that, just the stewardship of the trail, the how um, right now, one of the things that I've just been just fascinated and I just admire people that have land that are turning them over to land trusts is just like, 
I don't know. I just like want to praise hands those people. I mean, just how forward thinking and generous to share that that land. And there are people who have not even considered that or thought about it. And I, I think it's having all of those kinds of conversations about, well, have you gone on the trail? Have you taken a while? Tell me about your story. Um, I remember in Virginia, Southern Virginia, our waitress was talking about um, how she would go with her father-in-law, not because they were really hiking, hiking, but because they were putting salt licks up and she would just talk about having to carry these blocks and, oh my gosh, and how heavy they were and how much she admired the hikers because we can hike with those backpacks. And, you know, in the meantime, I'm like, wow, you just carried a 50 pound block of salt uphill. And I, I just think it's having open conversations and not making assumptions that other people don't care about hiking. Um, it could be that that just sounds so beyond them that it's so far out of their grasp that, oh, I could never, I could never hike 10 miles. We got to start with one mile first. Um, so I think having conversations um, and yeah, plus, you know, hikers like to talk, so <laughs> it's pretty easy to, to, we like to, to hike and we spin like a to tail or, or, yeah, <laughs> um, we walk fast and we talk a lot. <laughs> but you touched on something when you were talking about, you know, the woman with the salt lick, you know, carrying with her father. And it's kind of touched on something that I, you know, thought of, of like having these conversations with people that use the land in different ways. You know, as hikers, sometimes we just think about us as hiking, but, you know, you have people who are using it for all different types of recreation, hunting, fishing, and so on. So I think, you know, part of those conversations are understanding what others are doing and using and um, finding that common ground, because a lot of times, you know, we think about the differences and, you know, and that is what challenges us in finding some things to, to agree upon. Yeah, I agree with that. And I mean, that mimics real life, right? We're trying yes. to find inclusiveness and acceptance and respect um, off the trail. So certainly would want to mimic that, carry that over onto the trail. So tell me also a little bit about your writing um, mm. and uh, the blog that you have and, and how that started and, and a little bit more about, you know, that, that process of yours. Uh, yeah, I never thought I would ever do anything like a blog. And um, actually, it, it's kind of a funny story how it started. Um, one of my colleagues that we worked on a committee together, I had been on vacation the week before. And we uh, it was my husband, my youngest daughter was in college at the time. And our dogs, we hiked from Springer Mountain in Georgia on the AT to Deep Gap in North Carolina. And it was in May and it was miserable. It was just a rainstorm, uh, just constant rain for four days. It wasn't miserable. I loved it. Um, but this colleague asked, what did you do on vacation? And as I'm telling her, like she was wide eyed, like you've got to be kidding. This is what you did on your vacation. This was supposed to be fun. And then I started telling her, the stories of the people and the 
the sun coming out and the sparkling and revelations and all of these things. And she, um, she said, you should be writing these down. And she said, I think your blog should be called the space between. I'm like, I love it. Okay. I'm going to do it. And so I did. And again, early on, it was more like telling stories and, um, but it's, I'm adding trail maps and, but I always have a story because I think that's part of it. It's not just the walk. It's what, what else happened or what maybe popped into my mind or what did I learn about? Um, So I write about whatever trail I'm on and then I have trail maps and pictures and markers and all of the, all of the stuff. So uh, it's just a way for me to share what I know about hiking and I'm hoping um, starting this summer, I'll be able to, to write a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that's, you know, blogging is something I've, you know, in the back of my head, I've, you know, at certain points in my life, I've started it, you know, done it for a little while. And then, you know, I get away from it and, and things like that. But I understand what you're saying about, you know, the telling of a story and the sharing and kind of centering around, you know, that, that, um, I guess, situational aspect of, you know, where you find yourself on a trail or, you know, like you said, you know, in the morning, the sunrise or the view that you come across, you know, just all of the things that are pretty magical that people, um, don't always, you know, get to experience, right. As just, you know, going through life and, um, hiking is, is a way to, you know, allow us to, to go there or to go there vicariously through, you know, others who are on trail, like how, you know, every year people, you know, really enjoy following the, uh, through hikers on the Appalachian trail, because, you know, we get to live a little through mm-hmm. their stories. Absolutely. And I think that that's also, um, as hikers, we sit around the campfire or, sit at the shelter and, and share stories. And some of them are tall tales, right? But then um, there's also the ability to like tell stories to people that you would never, ever share off of the trail. And I, I try to, um, I try to share some of those in my blogs. You know, sometimes they're, I'm writing one right now. um, And it's, well, maybe it'll be Maybe it'll be posted by the time this airs, but um, just about the challenge or the sadness of starting a, a long hike and losing my pet along the way. Like he, I didn't lose him on the trail. He, he passed away off the trail and, and then having to step back on the trail without him, which, you know, it sounds so silly. It's a dog, <laughs> but it was my hiking companion and, and um you know, so being a little bit vulnerable and sharing some of that, um, I don't know, I, I guess it's helpful. It's cathartic. Um, but I also want other people to feel connected. You know, those people who have had some kind of a loss, maybe, maybe it's not a dog, but some, uh, we've all had loss, you know, so maybe yeah. there's something that will help someone, um, with that. And if not, my maps are pretty decent. So, <laughs> so tell, me, tell me a little download. about the maps. Yeah. Let's talk about the maps then. Um, um, what got you started into. Yeah. 
Well, I, I just am a planner and a, I like to be organized. So I started recording my, um, my walks and uh, I put them in all trails and then I take the time to put all the little parking and the shelters and the water and pictures because somebody might, <laughs> somebody might benefit from it. Um, and I just include them then in, in my blog. And then I have just a little other, maybe a chart with the details of elevation and my own um, kind of rating system on if it's easy or moderate or crazy over the top. Um, and again, just to hopefully give people the tools that, or at least the knowledge um, that, oh gosh, I didn't even know that was there. Maybe I'll go do it. I'll go and do it. Or this is a good resource to help plan. Um, during COVID, I uh, we hiked several long trails through PA, and the first one that I did that I that I mapped out was the Mason Dixon Trail because it's not on an app anywhere because it's a it's a 200 mile trail that a very small trail club um, manages, and so I just kind of took that upon myself to to do this map, and um, that's what's people most access on my site. So, so it's helping somebody. <laughs> yes, um, definitely. And uh, it reminds me of just uh, kind of the grassroots effort of, um, you know, I'd spoken to someone about the Loyal Stock Trail. And, you know, that's another one where they just, you know, got together, put the maps, put a little, you know, something together they can, you know, publish and, mm -hmm. you know, and sell to help fund the local you know, community or the, the local trail club who's supporting it. So, um, have you thought about doing some type of published guide or anything kind of with your, with a region or. I've really actually thought about, um, doing more of a decorative map that's functional, mm. you know, like, like something that. to hang on your wall. I, I have maps all over, uh, not in this room where I am now, but I have maps in our house that I've had mounted on cork board and, you know, I pin things on there, um, pictures and so forth and just being there. So that is something that uh, hopefully when I, when I step back from some of my day job, I can have more time to work on that. But I don't intend to stop blogging anytime soon. I'm just hoping to... Um, be able to take the time to, to do more. So I love the idea of the maps and, um, I would, I would definitely commission one from you <laughs> for just if you ever went out and sold them. So, so all keep right. us all posted on that. Noted. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I always like to ask people about, you know, do they have a favorite hike or something they, you know, kind of their place to go, um, you know, maybe their little getaway, um, you know, they like to go to around their area. So do you have a trail that, you know, or a park somewhere that you, you know, that's your go-to? Yeah. Um, Pinchot State Park, Gifford Pinchot State Park is just north of us. And that's kind of our, where we, that's our, we call it our stomping ground. It's like a half hour drive. It's very close to my husband's office. So grab the dogs and, and head up there. So that's the place where I feel like uh, we know those trails. Um, 
I used to, we used to, my husband and I used to both row on a crew team and that's like the lake, it goes around that lake. So a lot of good memories there, taking our kids there as well. Uh, but when it comes to trails, I kind of like to do what I've not done before. Mm. Like I'm more intrigued with that than, than mm. repeating. Yeah. So what's on your, uh, you know, let's say it's right now, it's uh, almost end of March. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, for listeners who are, who are tuning in now, but so what do you, what do you have on your radar then for, you know, the rest of spring into summer? Well, right now we are actually, uh, we hike all year um, and we're working on two trails, two projects. I'll, I'll call them projects. One is we are um, trying to complete all of the trails in Shenandoah National mm-hmm. Park. So that's, I don't know, 550 miles. We are around 400, but it's not 400 unique miles with uh, doing loops and stuff we're we're recreating, but that has been magical. I fell in love with Shenandoah when we did our AT hike through through Virginia. Um, So that I'm, I'm loving it. And I think I will be very sad when that is finished. So I'm not in any rush to, to complete it, but uh, but I do enjoy it. And uh, we're hiking a Pennsylvania trail called the Horseshoe Trail, which is um, a trail system. So it's you go through different um, state game lands and some parks and there's r- some roadways and uh, it'll connect in um, on the way to Philadelphia. And when we complete that, we will have completed something called the Quad Crown, which is the AT the Horseshoe Trail, the Brandywine Trail, and the Mason-Dixon Trail. So just, you know, a fun local, local-ish, we'll say. So the whole thing, hmm, I don't know what how much. I'm going to guess it's going to be like 500 miles because 200, yeah, maybe it's four, It's like 400. I'm not even sure. But, you know, it's it, that's our local-ish. If, we want, if we're willing to drive an hour and a half, it's Horseshoe Trail. If we want to do three hours, it's Shenandoah. But that's wonderful that, I mean, you are so close to great hiking. Oh, yeah. Well, I venture to say there's great hiking everywhere. Yes. You just true. have to, you know, you you just need to get in the car and make that decision. And I listen to hiking podcasts. I listen to your podcast when I'm driving. Um, <laughs> You know, there's one other thing I'll mention. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's coming full circle for me. So now my children have children and I'm hiking with my children's children. They're little, they're in my backpack, or I have a four-year-old that, you know, toddles with me. And um, she did a cave hike with us a couple weeks ago and she was so brave. It was great. But um, what I've, what I've been doing with them is taking them to different preserves in the area. So my my son and and his wife and their daughter live closer to Philadelphia. There's a lot of land preserves there. It's amazing nature preserves. So I just take take my granddaughter there, and it's introducing her to being outside. There's still trails. They might not be big mountains, but they're trails. So maybe uh, encourage everyone to just even look at nature preserves. That's- you don't have to drive far. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. You know, uh, 
some of the best trails are the ones that you you can access the one that you're going to go to today, right? You know, yeah. it, it doesn't have to be a huge, uh, big trip, but, uh, but yeah, I do that here in Oregon. We have a, an urban forest called forest park and, uh, and yeah, that's, that's the place, you know, you can go in there and, uh, there's about 80 miles of trails and, oh, wow. uh, and I have my, my usual, <laughs> but, but also it's a place you can explore too. And, um, and I love it, you know, especially early morning, uh, before you get a lot of people there and you have the kind of the fog and the mist, uh, that comes oh, wow. through the trees. Pretty beautiful. It sounds beautiful. Um, well, Oregon is a beautiful state. Yes. Yes. Um, I've been here for a few months and I'm loving it. So, uh, are people able to like read about the horseshoe trail and your Shenandoah adventures on your blog? Are you posting, um, Mm -hmm. kind of right after your hike or, or how can people follow along? Uh, Where Um, can they find you? On my Instagram, I post pretty regularly on, you know, whatever I've just hiked some snaps Mm -hmm. from the day or a reel or something. And which is easy, the space between blog, (laughs) you can find me there. And on my blog, um, it takes a little bit longer for me to post those because I'm, I've just put a lot of time into them, but I have been posting um, some about Shenandoah and uh, some about just other, other recent hikes. That's great. So um, so I will post links in the show notes as well. Thank so, you. so people can, can follow along and, uh, also follow you on Instagram. Corey, it's been great to meet you, to chat with you and to, you know, learn more about your hiking, your life, your passion. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity. And I, I just hope that something I said triggers, triggers a, a spark for, people to get outside or take the next step and, and get involved in a club or a conservancy or donate. You know, there's, there's so many ways beyond um, being on the trail that, that you can be helpful. So. And what's the name of the conservancy that you started? So I can make sure I also put a link to that. It's the um, York city park conservancy. So listeners make sure you check the show notes to connect with Corey and to learn more about what she's up to via her Instagram and of course read her blogs and take a look at the maps she was talking about as well. Another episode of Hike will be coming to you next Tuesday evening. So until next time, see you on the trail.